This episode is brought to you by Safe Catch Elite, the lowest mercury tuna of any brand. Safe Catch is the only brand that tests every fish and is paleo certified. Safe Catch Elite averages four times less mercury than even wild planet tuna. For tuna with amazing purity and amazing taste, go to safecatch.com primal and receive 20% off your first order. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Primal Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, and anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we have James Swanick, who is a Los Angeles-based Australian-American entrepreneur and a former ESPN SportsCenter anchor and Hollywood celebrity journalist. He's interviewed world leaders like Al Gore, champion athletes, and movie stars like Bradley Cooper. But what we're here to talk to him mostly about today is he created the 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge. And you can go to the website 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. He wanted to help social drinkers reduce or quit alcohol consumption. There's a great free video on there you can watch of James and some of the other people who went ahead and took the challenge and what the results are. Um, Welcome to the show, James. How are you? Oh, thank you very much for having me here. I'm great, thank you. I love this topic because I'm I'm pretty anti-alcohol, and not that I'm anti all substances, but there's something about alcohol that really, uh, and we'll get into some of the details of that later. Tell us what what prompted you to challenge yourself to quit alcohol. Well, I was always just a very good social drinker. You know, I drank a few drinks during the week, and then maybe on a Friday or Saturday night, I'd drink a bit more, and sometimes I'd get drunk, and sometimes I'd have Sunday sessions where I'd watch football all day and knock back five or six beers and maybe a couple of vodkas. And I just, I got into my mid thirties and I realized that I'd put on a, a few extra pounds and I was just tired and sluggish and just didn't feel like I was running on a hundred percent. And I woke up one morning with a hangover in Austin, Texas in 2010. And I was just, I said to myself, you know what? Enough's enough. I, I need to take a little bit of a break here. I wonder if I can just go 30 days without drinking and just see what happens. And that's what I did. I took a 30-day challenge um, just to see if I could do it. I lost 13 pounds of fat during those 30 days. And my skin got better. I slept better. I started having better relationships. And because I just you know, had such huge results from it, I just said, I wonder how long I can go. And so I just got to three months, then six months, and then I just kept going. And I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since 2010. That's amazing. And honestly, the before and afters of your face, it's so clear, all of that inflammation from alcohol, it's just so obvious in the photos. And the difference between before and after is pretty amazing. Yeah, I call myself the, uh, uh, the marshmallow man <laughs> in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the days <laughs> yeah. where I was drinking. I mean, there's a, there's a photo there of me and, and Jennifer Aniston, the Hollywood style. It's on, on you know, the front page of my website there. And you can really see it, right? Like I was sucking my gut in the whole time, L, like because I was like, oh, yeah. I've got fat hanging out here. And I mean, it, it wasn't even like, to be clear, I wasn't an alcoholic. I was just a social drinker. And that was enough though for my testosterone levels to drop. It was enough for, me, for my sleep to be disrupted. It was enough 
for my skin to look weathered. It was enough, you know, for me to just have a, a real puffy look in my face. So I'm glad you mentioned testosterone because alcohol is known to be directly toxic to the testes, lowering testosterone in males. Yeah. And so, you know, and not only just disturbing other hormonal functions, but yeah, I mean, when you look at your face in that photo with Jennifer Aniston, I look at that and I go, there's a drinker. You know, I can just see it in your <laughs> face. I mean, I, and, and, you know, because I'm not one, I see it. I can almost spot a heavy drinker anywhere. And like you said, this is not about necessarily, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are exactly like you. It's just a, a daily couple of drinks. And then on the weekends, there's a football game. They might overdo it. But there are people out there. And if you're listening and you're having one to two drinks every single day, uh, we're bordering on habit. It's not to say that you're an alcoholic, but it's a habit. And it's something I think worth challenging yourself on. Let's get into some of the things you've noticed. You've got a lot on your website about some of the improvements in your life. Let's talk about alcohol and relationships. What did you notice there? Yeah, so as soon as I, I quit alcohol, um, I started attracting a higher caliber of person into my life. Now, that doesn't mean that the people I was hanging around with when I was drinking were of low caliber. But I, what I found was that um, because I became interested in health, because I became more positive, because I wasn't drinking, I started to attract healthier and more positive people. So um, romantic relationships, I was single back then. Um, I started meeting like incredibly health conscious, spiritual, uplifting, positive women. Um, my platonic friends, um, you know, I started spending time with people where health was a priority, where friendships and relationships uh, was given a higher priority. Um, and I just, I just noticed that all of a sudden I was like wanting to go to the gym. I was wanting to go on group runs. I was wanting to go on hikes and meet people on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And those type of people who engage in those activities tend to be what I would call a higher caliber type of person for me. So um, I, I, it, it wasn't like I just completely set fire to the group of friends that I had. It's more like I just transitioned into a different group of friends that I felt really pushed me along and really helped my self-development and growth as a person, physically, mentally, spiritually. Well, it's funny you mentioned positivity and that you were meeting you know, people that were just more positive. One of the things I've noticed over the years is I've seen friends go from being a calm, sweet, positive person to then after years of just the regular daily drinking and not even heavy per se, but just you know, two, three drinks in, every day after work, turn into aggro, anxious, bitter, and negative people with right. a totally different outlook. And this, I've seen this with a couple of friends. Um, what's your experience? I mean, you, you went through regular drinking and, and occasional heavy drinking. I mean, what would you say yeah. about your outlook and personality versus now? Because sure. I mean, it's such a depressant. And for someone like me who doesn't do it regularly, like I can count on my hands and toes how many times I've had drinks in life. Maybe a couple times a year, I'll have a glass of something, but even have a glass of something can make me the next day kind of ADD, unfocusable, have a general malaise, nothing seems fun. Everyone who has a hangover knows this. And even though I didn't feel hungover, it affected my attitude towards life. And I just kind of have this, I'm bummed out kind of vibe, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. So what it is, is this. If you're having one or two drinks a night, maybe your sleep is disrupted just a little bit. And when your sleep is disrupted just a little bit, maybe you wake up just a little bit foggy or irritable. And then maybe you leave the house just a little bit late. Or maybe when you're in traffic, because you're a little bit irritable, you're more inclined to have road rage. And when you're more inclined to have road rage, by the time you get to work or you do whatever you do in your daily activity, 
Maybe you're just a little bit tired and lethargic that you're not being as productive or as effective or as clear-headed during your day. And because you're not as clear-headed as effective and productive in your day, you're not getting a promotion in your job or you're not running your business as effectively as you could, which means you're not making as much money. And when you don't make as much money, then you're not as happy. And when you're not as happy, you tend to eat or find refuge in more alcohol or sugary foods, which then puts on weight, which makes you less happy, which then spirals into drinking more, sleeping worse, being less productive and being more irritable. So you can see all of these things started just from one seemingly innocent glass of wine the night before. And so for me, what I noticed was when I was in a grocery store and I was in line, I got frustrated at the person in front of me who was fumbling around trying to pay with their card or their, their, they didn't have enough cash or, or whatever. And right, like thing, a level of impatience. A level now, of yeah. impatience, exactly. Yeah. So I was just like, I was irritated by those things. But then as soon as I quit the drinking, and to be clear, I, just, just to interrupt for one second, I'm not saying that people have to quit drinking forever. I'm just saying quit drinking for 30 days to get a glimpse. And then afterwards, you can go back to drinking, but at a far reduced rate. So for me, when I quit the drinking, I wasn't irritable or as irritable when I was in the grocery line anymore. I wasn't as prone to snapping at my girlfriend or my friends. I wasn't as prone to being irritated at work. I was just playing at a higher level, more positive, and you know, my whole life transformed because of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, on aside from just sort of the the negatives on fat burning and how alcohol, you know, frequent alcohol consumption results in decreased insulin sensitivity, and it also elevates that key appetite stimulating hormone ghrelin. Um, aside from those nuances, there's also that ups and downs of the blood sugar drops that you're going to get, yeah. which does make people very irritable. And um, yeah. I almost feel too, when you're a regular drinker and then it's not in your system, it's like there's an agitation until it gets back in your system. And with really heavy drinkers, that's when we see the shakes and things like that, right? You know, um, I, yes. I want to get into a little bit, there's so many top, so many avenues here, but one of which I really like, just talking about social blunders on alcohol, you know, like- how many times have you seen someone at the company party embarrass themselves, right? Or, uh, you know, just people, I, I, I've never thought it was a good idea. I've never seen someone be impressive uh, at a party <laughs> or a gathering with alcohol. And in fact, I look at those people and I'm just thinking to myself, like, not only are you embarrassing yourself right now, but I don't know that I would want to do business with you knowing what I'm seeing now. You know, I think it's really right. important that especially when people are at company functions, that's when it's like, whether you still drink the next day or not, that's not the night to drink. Um, can you touch on that a little bit about just, you know, being in the social situations? Yeah, well, the, the number one question I get from people when they learn that I don't drink or that I've created this 30-day no alcohol challenge is how the hell do you socialize without drinking? Because here's the sad fact, L. Um, drinking is so ingrained in our culture and yeah. it's so socially acceptable that we don't realize the problems that it causes, okay? So I always just give them these little tips on how to socialize without alcohol. And, and I've, I've got seven of them. I'll just race through them really quickly, right? Yeah. The number one is tell yourself before you go out to any social environment that you will only drink water or soda. Um, do not tell yourself you will not drink because the brain can only focus and only really do what you tell it to do, not what you tell it not to do. Right, it doesn't so when, hear the word not almost, the negation in there. It's like you've got to turn it around and make it a positive on something else. Yeah. Right. So before you go out, you say, you know what? I'm only drinking water tonight. I'm only going to enjoy 
drinking soda. I will easily enjoy drinking soda water tonight. Okay. So that's very good, positive terminology. Second tip is before you go out, commit to having the most fun of anyone at the party or the event. Now that means I'm going to be the most engaged. I'm going to introduce people. I'm going to smile. I'm going to take a genuine interest in people. I'm just going to have the most fun and I'm going to do it only sipping soda water with a splash of cranberry or only drinking water. Um, number three, whenever anyone asks you, hey, can I get you a drink or what would you like to, uh, to drink? Repeat these words. Yes, please. I'll have a water, ice and a piece of lime. And that's all you got to do. Or, or just have whatever non-alcoholic drink you enjoy most. Just make that your staple response. Whenever a waiter or a waitress says, can I get you started on some drinks? You say, yes, please. I'll take water, ice and a piece of lime. That's, just have your stock answer and always answer that way. Um, number four, always have answers ready for when people ask you why you're not drinking. Yeah, that's a good one. And I always just say, I just shake it off. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just quit drinking. I just, you know, I'm not drinking at the moment. Or you can say, no, you know what? I'm getting up early in the morning. Or you can say, no, no, I'm good. I'm just good with water for now. Or you can make a joke about it and say, no, you know what? I'm going to get drunk on water tonight. I am going to get absolutely <laughs> wasted. wasted on I am going to swing from the rafters and dance on the tables on my water all night and just say it like nonchalantly or like in a cheeky kind of way. Nobody cares. We all think that people are judging us and like, Nobody really cares, L. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, number five, I don't, I don't um, encourage people to do this, but you can actually trick people into thinking that you are drinking. Just order a soda water, put a, one of those small little straws, and put a piece of like um, lem, uh, lime over the top of the glass, over the rim of the glass, and people will think you're drinking vodka and soda water. Better to be upfront, in my opinion, but you can trick people if you want. Um, tip number six is make a plan to do something early the next morning anyway, so you don't want to drink. So make a plan with someone to say, let's go hiking at 7 a.m. That way, when you're out and about, you'll be less inclined to want to drink. And then the most, um, number seven is just become genuinely interested in other people. And that means when you go out and you're drinking water, rather than sitting in the corner going, my life sucks because I can't drink. I'm so dull and boring because everyone else is having a good time because I'm not drinking, say to yourself, you know what? I'm just going to be the most charming person in this room. I'm going to be so interested in the other person. Hi, Elle. My name's James. What's your story? What are you passionate about right now? Hey, Elle, have you met my friend John? Hey, John, have you met my friend Tina? And then just be the life of the party. Be genuinely interested in other people. You will forget about this stupid social crutch of alcohol. I promise you. Yeah, I want to talk about, so because I've been mostly a non-drinker uh, in my life, and I am not, uh, you know, totally denying any other substances. I've done almost every drug out there. I, I still enjoy occasional uh, THC cookie or something like that, and it's legal here, so I can say that. Um, but for the most part, I've really never been a drinker. And um, one of the things that I've noticed with it is that of all the environments, there is more peer pressure than anywhere else. I've never seen a bunch of people hanging out, let's say smoking a joint, all right? And someone says, hey, would you would you like a hit? And then the person goes, no, thanks. Uh, you know, I don't smoke. And then I've never heard, oh, come on, just have a hit. Come on, stay. I'll get, look, I'll roll you one more. It's like when you're at a bar or you're with drinkers, they want to bring you down with them. It's not only a, a rapid fire questioning like, oh, what, are you an alcohol synonymous? No, I just don't like drinking. Really? But it's your birthday. Well, so what? It's my birthday. Just because my birthday, right. I should drink. You know, right. you get constantly challenged. And on top of that, I've never seen a group of substance abusers try to rope people into the game. So it's yeah. a little bit of a tougher deal because 
It's, oh, come on. And I mean, I've seen people who even know I don't drink, who are already drunk at a bar, go like, try to order a drink for me. And me have to be like, what are you doing? Stop ordering me a drink. Enough is enough. It's like, they can't do it alone. They want to rope you into it. I don't know what it is about that, but it's something that is tough. And I get how tough that can be if you're transitioning from a group of friends that are that are big drinkers. And I know you talk about on your website how some of your Australian buddies were like, ah, you're a wimp. And you know what I mean? Like making comments like that. So Well, they were saying if, if a little bit uh, more crass words than calling were. you a wimp, Elle. Yeah, they, they were. <laughs> But you know what? I'll tell you why people do that. I mean, if you, if you believe in evolutionary psychology, then it goes back to this idea of being part of a tribe, right? People feel comfortable in a tribe. And Dunbar talks about the number, I think, being 120 or 130 people. And so people who drink want to make sure that you're part of the tribe. Otherwise, they, from, a, from a psychological point of view, they're going to ostracize you from the tribe or they are going to feel ostracized from the tribe unless they feel like they're, they're towing the tribe's line. Yeah. So it becomes this, becomes this very tribal thing where it's like, if you're going to be one of us, then you'll drink. Even though they're doing it with a smile and saying, go on, have a drink. And, and quite frankly, it's, it's just preposterous. Now, I don't yeah. want this whole, whole talk here between you and me, L, to be like, these people are terrible and can you no. believe like all these people are drinking so much like that they're idiots and we're not like we're on our moral high horse, right? I don't want it to, I don't want it to be that. Here's the thing. If, you, if you're listening to this right now and you genuinely enjoy drinking and you enjoy the taste, then that's okay. Have the occasional drink. But if you have a habit right. and your habit is, means that you need to have the drink in order to relieve your stress at the end of a day of work, then you really need to look at this. Like you really need to really just explore your relationship with alcohol and just think, what is it costing you? Because is it costing you money? Is it costing you friendships? Is it costing you productivity? Is it costing you your looks? Is it yeah. costing you your health? Um, and, and, and it's for the most part, it's invisible because it's so socially acceptable because our culture sort of you touched on it really nicely there, L. It's like people say, oh, but it's your birthday. You've got to have a drink. Well, who says? Yeah, like, I'll tell you who says. <laughs> I'll tell you who says. The champagne companies who are peddling the idea that to have a toast or to celebrate a wedding, you have to have champagne. Well, and also, you know, I noticed uh, I watched a, a couple seasons of a very popular uh, drama TV series uh, that I was just curious about because it's been on for many years and everyone loves it. Well, the main character, there's a whole theme about wine. She's always got a big, huge glass of red wine with a bottle of wine at the end of the show. I guarantee you there are fans of that show who get their bottle out just to watch the show, to be commiserating with that character. And yeah. so, I mean, it's just so pervasive in our society. We really don't see that with any other drugs unless it's a you know a show about a cartel or, or that subject. So it's just like you said, it's just so it's so legal and so socially acceptable that it's it's kind of hard to escape. I also like your point. I agree. I don't want to. I have friends who have a glass of wine every night. I don't. I don't want to judge anyone that. But what I like where you're going with this is, hey, we're not saying quit alcohol forever, but evaluate a relationship. Try a 30 day because if you can't do 30 day, then you might have a deeper problem than you already do, and you might find some things that would release you from a daily habit, save you more money, save you your health. You know, maybe after the 30 days. You're like, you know what? I'm good with a Friday night glass of wine. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who've gone through the challenge and maybe they went back, but now their consumption is lighter. Have you, have you heard about that from people oh, who've yeah. gone through a challenge yet? Oh, yeah. Mo- yeah. 
most of the people who go through my 30 day no alcohol challenge, most of them go back to drinking after the 30 days, but at an incredibly reduced rate. And a lot of people, when they start, they're like, oh my God, this drinking has taken a hold of me. I can't believe how much money I spend on it. I can't believe that, you know, how tired I am because of it. And then on day seven or day 14, they're like, oh my God, I'm sleeping better. I've got so much more energy. I've lost a few pounds. This is amazing. And then on day 21 and 28, they're like, oh my God, this is incredible. I can't believe I was drinking so habitually for like 20 years up until this point. This is crazy. And then on day 30, what what some of them will do, um, only a very small portion, is they'll go and they'll have a celebratory drink. Now that kind of defeats the purpose in my opinion, but sure. some of them some of them still do that because they equate the celebration and the pleasure with the drink. But what I try to get into their into their brains is stop looking as at drinking as the celebration or the pleasure. Start looking at amazing long-term health as the gift, as the pleasure. You are right. not giving yourself pleasure when you drink, okay? You are giving yourself pleasure when you have long-term health. Now, what? just to answer your initial question now, what happens is most of the people, like I said, who go through the challenge, they'll just push it as long as they can. I've got, some, I've got one guy who's gone 272 days. I know because he keeps, going into the, he keeps going in the closed Facebook group that you go into when you're part of the challenge and he reports, day 272, this is what I'm doing. A lot of people will have a, a drink like on day 40 or day 50 or day 60. Some people just don't you know, quit forever and it's amazing. Um, and the people who do go back to drinking, they always come back into the Facebook group and say, you know what, um, the 30-day challenge was amazing. I just had a couple of uh, glasses of wine. I really enjoyed it. It was terrific, but I don't drink midweek now and I feel amazing because of it. Thank you so much. This is incredible. Excellent. I love that. I also want to just touch on this sort of nuance or topic. One of the things um. I was talking to someone who had a bunch of work events to go to and they were sort of talking to me about that pressure of alcohol and they didn't really want to drink because they were on a good health plan. But they thought, you know, I'm going to these company parties and, you know, they, they were having a tough time with maybe thinking about the willpower involved. And one of the things I told them, and, and, I, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I, I, my opinion is what I've noticed over the years is people really admire willpower, and even though someone may be teasing or challenging you in that moment, like, oh, what, you're not drinking? Oh, give me a break or any kind of backlash. At the end of the day, you're the strong one. People do look at that and walk away with some admiration. There's there's something to be said about the strength and willpower and, and the kind of impression, you know, when people are worried about what other people are thinking of them, it's like, look to that. Look to that as your willpower and not doing it is something that most of the people in that room who are having drinks wish they could do and they can't because it's too habitual. And even if they lambaste you a little bit, they're still going to walk away with a little bit of a newfound respect for the level of strength that you have as a person to not be able to do it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. I mean, even just going back to when I first quit drinking in 2010 when I I was single, um, far from, from women looking at me like I was some kind of freak show or recovering alcoholic, women actually found me incredibly more attractive because I had that willpower to not drink because I made a choice not to drink, not because I was a heavy drinker, not because I was an alcoholic, but just out of a lifestyle choice, I made a, a decision for me that I really appreciated the pleasure of not drinking. I appreciated being healthy and you know, they looked at me going, wow, here's this like self-assured, confident guy who can be out dancing, having a great time. 
and he doesn't drink alcohol. Oh my God, this guy's got so much self-discipline. Oh my God, this guy's so confident. He's so self-assured. And so exactly. just from a, from a single man's point of view, if there's any single men listening to this yeah. right now. Hey guys, listen tra- up, yeah. Trust me, women find you a lot more attractive when you, when you have that self-assurance and you don't drink. Um, even if you take the romantic side out of it and you just talk about it from just a pure platonic admiration point of view, you're absolutely right, L. You know, I've got friends of mine who absolutely tell me all the time, well, I really admire the fact that you don't drink. And when I'm introduced by them to other people, they very proudly say, hey, this is my friend, James Swanick. You know, oh, he doesn't drink alcohol, hasn't drunk alcohol for five or six years. Isn't that amazing? And then the people are like, really? Why not? You know, now, question it. <laughs> first of all, they go, oh, this, that, first of all, I can see them thinking, oh, this guy is an alcoholic. This guy had a real problem, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and I have to explain to him, I never had a problem. Like, I never had, I was never an alcoholic. I never did anything that crazy. I was just, you know, I put on some weight. I got tired of being lethargic. I just was feeling kind of mediocre. So I quit. I just made the choice to, to, to quit. And, and that's it. And then people admire you, they admire the self discipline. Yeah, it's the self-discipline and also, too, I mean, from, uh, you know, I am a single female. It's the same thing. It's kind of a deal breaker for me. I won't date heavy drinkers. um, And on the converse, when I meet someone who either rarely drinks or has such control about it, like they literally could go several days and then they might have one glass of wine, that level of discipline is so sexy. It's such a strong alpha male type of position, you know? There you go. So, guys... L will find you very sexy yeah. and alpha male. If you're if quit a- drinking, call me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, it's Brad Kearns here to talk some tuna with you. The episode is brought to you by Safe Catch Elite, a new paleo certified tuna that has four times less mercury than even wild planet tuna. That's why Safe Catch Elite is the official tuna of the American Pregnancy Association. It's all possible because Safe Catch Elite tests every tuna to strict mercury limits and no other brand does this. Safe Catch Elite tastes amazing and retains all of the vital nutrients because they hand cut and hand pack each tuna raw and then slow cook it in the can. Safe Catch is about more than better tuna. They're proud partners of the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch program and work to protect purity in the oceans. Go to safecatch.com slash primal and receive 20% off your first order. That's safecatch.com slash primal. Try out some tuna and make it in a salad with the primal kitchen mayo. Delicious. I love that you're getting that positive feedback from people around you too, because, and you know, I think in general, even if someone else is not a drinker, just knowing about your level of discipline with that topic is still something to admire in a person. It's someone I would want to work with, right? Here's a guy who's got willpower balance is together, can, can be, have self-control, you know, and we all know the, uh, uh, you know, the converse of that with addictions are people that really have zero control. Right. And um, I, I always say to people, you know, I've never met a drunk billionaire, you know, and what I really mean by that is not someone can't inherit a family fortune or, or rise to, you know, great yeah. heights of success and then become a drunk. But for the most part, people who are really successful and are out there, haven't risen to those heights because they've been boozing it up the whole time. You know, there's a yeah. level of discipline and mental wherewithal that one needs to to reach those heights. So let's talk about, you said, you know, you also mentioned an increase in your success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, since when I, as soon as I gave up the booze, I, I had a lot more clarity and a lot more focus and a lot more energy. Um, and about two months after I'd quit drinking, an opportunity came up for me to audition to be a sports center anchor on ESPN. 
And because I had that clarity, because I had that focus, I set a very definitive plan in place to try and become that, you know, realize a 20-year childhood dream of hosting my own TV show. And that's what I did. I got a plan. I flew to Bristol, Connecticut. I charmed an ESPN producer. I convinced him to give me an audition. I got the job and I became a sports center anchor on ESPN for two years, which was this 20-year dream. And it's it's a lot of people's dream. I mean, I think even though I, I'm not as into sports as maybe some most guys are, it's still, that is such a, it's a global dream to, to, do, to achieve what you did. And I believe your, you know, your level of confidence might not have been as high and your level of, you know, go get him-ness was, would probably yeah. not have been that high with the regular drinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% convinced I would not have got that, that job if I hadn't have, have had the, the, the clarity and the focus that the two months of not drinking gave me. Um, because I, I mean, I was just laser focused. I drew out a plan. I'm like, this is how I'm going to do it. I had the energy and I just, I just executed. And, uh, you know, it, it was amazing. I mean, if your listeners want to, you know, see me making my debut on SportsCenter, if you go to jameswanick.com and you find the blog post, um, which is called How I Bluffed ESPN, you'll see a whole story that I wrote there about how I got that audition and how I became a SportsCenter anchor. And you can see video there of me making my debut. And then there's video of me that I shot on my iPhone in the, in the ESPN uh, parking structure immediately after my debut. You can just, you can see that, but you know, I wouldn't have got that job if I hadn't quit drinking. I'm a hundred percent certain of that. So if you're listening and you have something you really want to achieve, whatever it is, a goal, a dream, something like that, just quit booze for 30 days, get laser focused, and you'll be amazed at how that dream will turn into a reality. If you really execute with that clear mindedness. Yeah. And in a world where we all, I mean, especially people listening to this podcast and in general, anyone interested in health, you know, we all want to look young and good naked and all of that. And one of the things I've noticed is what a serious ager alcohol is. Mm. And, you know, you can even tell the difference in your skin, you know, mm. when you look at the photos. And I've noticed the difference I, if I even, you know, like have a drink on New Year's and the next day I've got a puffy face or whatever. Um, I, I almost can tell it in people's skin, you know, um, you can tell that sort of bloated, ruddy face kind of look of a heavy drinker sometimes. And I think people, if they even do it for just a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully just the full 30 days, but they're going to start to see that in the mirror. People are going to say stuff to them. It just, I feel like the times when I have drinking more than others in life is when the skin just gets drier and more wrinkly. And you know what I'm saying? So th- tell me yeah. a little bit about your thoughts on that. Cause I know you have personal experience, but you have experience with other people too. So, yeah, well, I mean, when I quit alcohol, people started commenting. It's like, wow, you look really great. Have you done something? Like what's going <laughs> on? And I noticed like beforehand, my skin was really dry. I had crow's feet and I had wrinkles, um, you know, that were quite pronounced. And then as soon as I quit the drinking, um, the crow's feet subsided, the wrinkles subsided, and my skin started to have that kind of like glowing look to it. And I didn't put moisturizer on. I didn't do anything. All I did was just stop putting poison into my body. Now, women in particular are very self-conscious about their skin, right? And they've got all these moisturizing companies that are selling their products like Neutrogena and all this kind of stuff. I mean, women listening to this, you don't need to put moisturizer on your face. You just need to stop putting alcohol and poison into your body. Because as soon as you do that, right, because alcohol is a toxin, okay, it is a poison. And as soon as you reduce that or you stop doing that, 
It leaves your body. It literally leaves your skin. And all of a sudden, your skin starts to look the way that nature intended your skin to look, which is healthy, which is glowing. So rather than spending all these hundreds of dollars a month on moisturizers, just save money. <laughs> Don't drink. Yeah. Take, and, take and, some fish oil, eat well, and then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Then you're, I mean, it's really simple. It's actually really simple. And what are the, a lot of the people who go through my 30-day no alcohol challenge, like the main things that people say is their sleep improves yep. and their skin looks uh, improves and skin looks amazing. And that's because, well, first of all, you're sleeping better. <laughs> and second of all, because the toxins have, have left your body. Now, what's very interesting, Elle, is that the National Institute of Health said it takes seven to 10 days for the toxins from one alcoholic drink to leave your system. So if you I have a glass, that. I think it's even the same for gluten, really. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So if you have a glass of wine tonight, just know that for the next seven to ten days, toxins are hanging around in your body from that alcohol. Um, and then just getting back to the skin thing, um, just just test it. Like take a photo of yourself or shoot a little video of yourself on day one. Go through my thirty day no alcohol challenge or do it yourself. What you know, whatever you want to do, just do it yourself and just look, test. You will be amazed at how many people say to you, wow, you look terrific. What have you done? Have you been working out? And all that happened was that you removed the toxins from your skin. You, you rehydrated. You start to look the way that you're supposed to look. You don't, you haven't aged ahead of time. The wrinkles are gone. The crow's feet have subsided. You just look amazing. And if you're replacing it with lemon water like you do, that's one of the best things you can drink and do for your skin. Um, so that's even better if you like, if you switch over to that, like a little lemon water situation. I've noticed, I mean, I look a lot younger than I am. And sometimes people are like, oh my God, I had no idea you were 42. I thought you were, you know, like 31 or something. You know, oh my gosh, what do you do? And I, I, honestly, my standard answer is I've never been a drinker. And I smoked cigarettes for many years. And I'm not saying one should not drink and smoke cigarettes, but I'm saying I actually believe in terms of aging, in my opinion, the alcohol just does an unbelievable number, you know, times a thousand compared to other things. And not that smoking is good for you. I quit. I mean, I don't smoke anymore, but I really attribute it to that. I attribute the fact that, you know, I look a lot younger than I do because I really have not been a lifelong drinker in any kind of capacity. Um, so anyway, for those interested in vanity, <laughs> you might want to get onto this 30-day challenge. Um, so tell us a little bit about this challenge because the website is great. Anyone can go there and just watch a, a video that has also testimonials in it. It's pretty in-depth and it's a, it's a substantial video, so it gives a lot of great information. You also just have a lot of great written information on your website. But tell us how this works. I mean, let's say I really want to do this. What do I do? Yeah, so you'll sign up and you'll go into the 30-day no alcohol challenge and I send you a video every day of your challenge. So for 30 days, you're going to commit to not drinking. On day one, you're going to get an, an email in your inbox with a little video from me and it's going to say something like, hello, welcome to day one. Today, I'm going to tell you what to say to your friends when they're encouraging you to have a drink. And then maybe on day three or day four, I'll say, Hello, welcome to day three or day four. Today, I'm going to teach you what you should drink instead of that nightly glass of wine. And then maybe day six or seven or eight or whatever, I'll show you a video of me interviewing a Hollywood personal trainer about what alcohol does to the system. 
day 20, I've got an interview with John Gray, author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, talking about addiction. So um, it's really accountability. Like every day you're going to get a little, one little email from me just holding you accountable, saying you're doing great, keep going. In addition to that, you're going to go into a closed Facebook group of all other challenges around the world who are doing their challenge. Um, studies have shown that if you do a challenge or you do any activity in a group, your chances of success are like 10 times. You know, like if you do it in a tribe, if you do it in other people who are supporting you and challenging you and holding you accountable, your chances of success just increase exponentially. So a lot of people in there are like on day 27, day three, day five. Some people will post and go, wow, I'm really struggling at the moment. I really Mm -hmm. want to have a drink. And then all of a sudden, 20 people will chip in and say, you're okay, you can do it, try this. And then it's amazing, amazing um, feedback from people, communication, people become friends with one another. And that Facebook group really, again, holds you accountable, gives you a support. Um, and what and then great I do- encouragement from others. You know, there's nothing like a, a chat group or a group of people all in the same, you know, train and just helping each other out and encouraging each other, especially if you're doing this kind of alone. There might be people around you or even in your family that are still drinking. And it might be even tougher when, you know, your your brother or your husband or someone's still having their nightly drink and, and you're having a, a moment of struggle. It's nice to be able to log on and, you know, vent it out and talk to people about it. Yeah, absolutely. And so people do that. Like when whatever they're struggling with, they'll go in there, they'll post, and then everyone, including myself, will come in and give a little piece of advice to help them get through it. Um, in addition, I make myself available twice a month for an hour, an hour and a half to answer your questions on a live video call. Excellent. So, so every two weeks, I'll say, hey, I'm doing the live call. You can get on. You can ask me questions. I'm going to help you and encourage you, give you little tips on going this more personalized Um, And then at the end of 30 days, you can either decide to leave the challenge or you can just keep going. And most people keep going and they keep getting more things. And even if you've gone back to drinking at that point, it's okay. It's just the constant feedback and support and encouragement kind of opens up this new world of possibility of health, um, healthy food, healthy activities, joining up with people, doing other cool things. It's, it becomes like this whole lifestyle change, if you like, or lifestyle transformation, because the 30 days gives you a glimpse of what it's like to live alcohol-free. And then from day 30 onwards, hopefully you've either, you know, you've significantly reduced or you'll stay quit and your whole life will be 100 times better because of it. That's amazing. I love it. And tell us a little bit more about you. Like, aside from this and your focus on this, I know you've, you know, written articles, you've, you're a speaker, um, what else do you do? What, what are your latest passions and you know, what do you have going on other than this challenge? Yeah, so I created a, uh, a pair of blue blocking glasses which help people uh, to sleep. So uh, one of the things I'm really interested in at the moment is the, the dangers of blue light that affects our sleeping pattern. So if you're um, sitting in the dark looking at your cell phone, there's blue light being emitted from that. If you're looking at your computer after the sun has gone down, there's blue light being emitted from that computer. Um, I mean, there's blue light being emitted from it during the daytime as well. But at nighttime, you really want to block that blue light so your circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. knows that it's time for you to start creating melatonin, which helps you go to sleep. The problem is, is that we're all living in this artificial light at the moment. And so our body doesn't know that it's nighttime. And so that's why we're having these disrupted sleep patterns. So I created a pair of blue blocking glasses called Swannies, uh, S-W-A-N-N-I-E-S. And you wear them about an hour and a half, two hours before you go to sleep. 
And uh, when you wear them, it blocks the blue light and that way you're able to fall asleep quicker. You're able to go into that deep restorative type of sleep and it really does, uh, just improves your sleep in general. You can check it out at swanneesglasses.com. Uh, Swanee's and then I've also got my podcast, The James Swanick Show, where I interview health experts from around the world. And I just love, I love everything to do with health, with health L. Like, yeah, it's I was going to say, what, you, what is your, um, what's your diet like? Yeah, well, I, I, I choose to eat mostly um, paleo style. So I'm about 85% of the time. Good answer, good answer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 85% of the time I eat, eat paleo and then 15% of the time I'll have a packet of chips or I'll have an ice cream. I mean, I, I'm not so strict that I'm 100% paleo, but I'm 85% paleo. I have a good cheat day where I'll, I'll indulge in something that's, you know, I know is bad for me, but it just tastes damn good. Yeah, and, I mean, you're 15% um, human there. That's the other 15%, right? It's like, I mean, I'm, I'm primal and paleo. I preach and coach it, but on Thanksgiving, I'm going to go to town on some stuffing. You know, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't mean a license to never have fun or eat something that's crappy. It's just about a consistency. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, as long as I'm consistently eating healthily, it's okay for me to have, you know, a King Kong ice cream from the gas station down the road from my place in Los Angeles on occasion. <laughs> um, and so I did, and so, yeah. I did one of your photos. I kind of recognized one of the local hikes. I was like, Oh, I know what trail he's hiking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. I love it. So yeah, it's just, you know, like I, I just want to, you know, do great stuff with health. I, I, you know, I'm a speaker. I spoke at Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Conference um, in Pasadena last November and spoke about alcohol. Um, and the, the Swanee's Blue Blocking Glasses is, is a really big thing for me at the moment because I, I really truly believe that as much as we realized that smoking was bad for us, you know, eventually in the 70s and 80s, we're going to realize that blue light and artificial light is bad for us. So it's coming. Like in the next five years, this will be the next big health trend where people are like going, wow, staring at my computer screen and staring at my cell phone and sitting in this overhead light at nighttime is really messing with our circadian rhythm and affecting our health. So That's right. Uh, like right now, you know, the big topic or one of the big themes is, the, you know, microbiome. And like you said, you know, the next one will be a lot of focus on that topic about the blue light. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, if you're interested in that, go to swanneesglasses.com. And Elle, I'd love to send, I'll send you a pair if you like. I don't know if your sleep is disrupted or you do, if you use flux to, to remove the brightness level of your computer at night or whether you do anything to block blue light. But I um, do sometimes, but I am not going to turn down a pair of free swannies. I'll definitely give you my address when we're done. I would love to receive a pair and I'm happy to, you know, report back on it. A couple of more questions. One is, we can find the James Swanick Show podcast. Can we find that on iTunes? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, if you just type in the James Swanick Show, it's in iTunes. It's been going a couple of years, and um, yeah, we've had. It's I just I just talk about my life and health and interview health experts, talk about productivity, spirituality, a whole lot of cool stuff. It's a lot Excellent. of fun. Excellent. Now I know I know you said you haven't had a drink since what 2010. Was that it? Yep, 2010. Yeah. So had there been moments be i mean beyond the initial hump like you know once you get past a year right you're you're pretty solid but has there been any moments along the way where you've wanted a drink or do you just really not even want it anymore i i just don't even think about it to be honest i mean there's been a there's maybe been two occasions where i was like oh i'd really love to have a beer right now i remember being back in bondi beach in sydney australia my native country about two years ago and it was christmas day and i was with family and they it was a beautiful hot day. We were by the beach and uh, a couple of my cousins were drinking an ice cold 4X beer. And I said, let me have a smell of that. And I, 
I put it to my nostrils and I smelt it and I went, oh, that actually smells really good. I could really smash this beer right now. But, you know, I, I, I didn't. I drank a glass of water and two minutes later I was like I'd forgotten that I even wanted to have the sip. Um, for now, I don't even think about it. Like literally it's like people are toasting at weddings and I don't feel like I want to drink champagne. It's a beautiful hot sunny day. I don't feel like I want a beer to quench my thirst. Um, I'm watching football with my friends in a bar in New York City, for example, and everyone's drinking, watching the NFL. I don't feel the need that I need to go and order a beer to fit in. I just don't even think about it now. I actually love to drink water, ice, and a piece of squeezed lime. I mean, it is delicious. It yeah, keeps me it's ref- my favorite. Keeps me refreshed. It keeps me energetic. And I'll tell you something. Let me tell you, this is the most important thing really for me. I have more fun. I'm sure of it. I have more fun than most of the people who are drinking in whatever social environment that I'm in because I am clear in mind. I'm focused. I'm energetic. I'm genuinely interested in other people. I dance. I jump up and down. I have fun. I'm fu- like I try to be funny. I'm having a good time. And, and because I'm not drinking, it's just, a, it's just a really good, fun, beautiful, healthy time. And the best thing is, is that it doesn't cost you any money. Do you know how much it costs to, to drink water, ice, and a piece of lime? It's pretty Zero. free. Zero. Pretty free, yeah. And then the next day you woke up and you make money because you're focused and you're clear-headed. So it actually, it's not that, it, it, think about how much money you spend on alcohol. Water makes you money. There's the new tagline. <laughs> Elle, I like that. You should be my branding person. <laughs> exactly. I like that. <laughs> That's so great. I love that you did this. I also love just how open you are about it on your website, what you've done for people. I mean, we here at the Primal Blueprint obviously have... You know, Mark's talked about his experimentation with it. I know Brad and I, Brad Kearns and I are just, you know, never been big drinkers. So that's something we try to, you know, avoid anyway. But I love it. I really wish more people would jump on board and just, you know, take the experiment. Like you said, it's it's one of these things where, you know, I, I looked at grains like like a habit, right? You know, I was sort of habitually eating grains and it's always so tough at first when you go paleo to, to, to quit it because they're everywhere. They're everywhere, you know, and you'll even say, I don't eat grains. And someone will say, well, try this. And you're like, I just told you I don't eat grains. Why are you offering me chips? Because they don't even know what grains are. <laughs> and, you know, and on and on. But at the end of the day, it's like you with the alcohol. I don't even really, I just don't think about it. I don't care. I don't miss it. Sure. First month, first six weeks. Yeah thinking about it a little bit, you know, kind of missing it because you're going through that transition of becoming a fat burner. But when you're on the other side, you look at it like, you know what, that's toxic sludge. And I'm going to reserve that for a fun experience, like a huge piece of cake, right? Or some great bread and brie, or or like in your case, you know, it's crazy ice cream or some kind of treat. And then it's a total different story. And life becomes so much more enjoyable. And um, but I just don't think about it anymore. But getting over that hump, and I think 30 days is is a great period of time to get over any hump, right? Just change any kind of habit. It usually takes 30 to 45 days. So if you make it beyond there, you know, I think everyone who's listening who might have a habitual alcohol consumption uh, situation will will really see that their whole perspective is going to change at that 30 days. Yeah, I mean, 30 days is, is really to give you a glimpse of what it's like. because And the glimpse will mean weight loss in many cases, better sleep, better skin, more clarity, more focus, Better relationship or relationships, platonic and romantic. Yeah, better sex because you're sober. Better <laughs> sex. I mean, this is the thing. You want to turn this sexual? Let's turn it sexual. Let's go when, there. When you quit alcohol, okay, your libido goes through the roof. People think, oh, like you get horny when you're drinking alcohol. 
maybe it, it, it reduces your inhibition, right? And so maybe you're more inclined if you're a guy to be more of a seducer because you feel more comfortable. But let me tell you something. Alcohol-free sex is 100 times better than alcohol sex. I'm telling you. Agreed. And I think even people who drink and have sex drunk would agree with that. (laughs) Absolutely. The other thing is you look better naked, just like you said the other day, Elle. It's like, or or earlier in this um, interview, Elle, like you'd look better naked um, you, because you've lost weight, like, you, like if you're a guy, your abs are showing through. If you're a woman, you just feel more feminine. You feel like, like you know, the way that you're supposed to. You feel more confident sexually because you're feeling the way that nature intended you to feel. Um, and it certainly probably affects, and I don't know, but I'm assuming because of its issues with testosterone, alcohol, that I'm assuming the sexual session, whatever that might be, would have an increased level of stamina as well. Absolutely. You and go, surely you take your time. If two people are sober having sex, it, it's probably a slower, more enjoyable, you know, fun play process versus two drunk people ripping off their clothes and then, you know, that right. that's just sloppy. <laughs> no, one, <laughs> no one even wants to watch that or much less be in it, right? It's a train wreck. <laughs> it's a total train wreck, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, like, look, I, you don't drink, when you don't drink, Sex is is just so much better. You feel more confident. Um, it can be more intimate depending on the nature of the relationship. For guys in particular, like your testosterone levels uh, naturally rise when you quit alcohol because your testosterone levels go down from alcohol. So because you've got higher testosterone, you're able to go longer. You're able to perform better. Also, when you have higher testosterone levels, if you're a single person and you're trying to court someone, you're more inclined to want to like go out there and attempt the courtship versus like if your testosterone levels, you're kind of like tired, lethargic, you're more prone to being depressed. So that gives you more confidence, obviously. Well, yeah. And, you know, I want to just touch on that a little bit even more because for men and women, but obviously you have more of it than I do just because you're a man. But testosterone is really related to being a strong-headed person. So, for example, anyone who's listened to me on the podcast at all could say, she probably has high testosterone, and I do as a female. There are actually females who go into hormone doctors who don't feel that they can stand up for themselves at work or they're having trouble sort of competing with the guys, and a doctor will give them a little bit of testosterone to sort of make them more strength of will and strength of mind. So if you're a guy, and like you just said, you know, your testosterone levels are being affected by sort of you know, regular consumption of alcohol, you know, no wonder you become more successful at everything, even if it's about attempting a courtship, because you have that level of strength and mental, you know, strength. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. When I mean, I remember my testosterone levels were pretty low. I had them tested. And then when, as soon as I had my testosterone levels go up, everything changed, you know, like my ability to burn fat, my, my confidence level, my, um, you know, and, and my, raising my testosterone levels was a combination of quitting alcohol, doing heavy squats in the gym. So I started to do, um, you know, squats and deadlifts, um, which release, uh, naturally releases a lot of testosterone in and the body. And right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then even like I, I, I experimented with trying um, a little bit of Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Diet. So I would start to have some grass-fed butter and some avocado and Amazing. You know, eat good nuts like almonds and walnuts and pecans and stuff like that and started to get into some more of this testosterone boosting foods and my testosterone levels went up. I got more energetic, felt amazing. My muscles got bigger when I worked out in the gym. I had quicker gains. Sex was better. Um, you know, and, and all of this comes back again. If you're a habitual drinker, like if you're just having one or two drinks a night and that's all it takes, your testosterone levels are not going to be where they should be, plain and simple. 
right? Even just a couple of innocuous drinks that might not even make a six foot four, 220 guy drunk per se, or even that tipsy is still affecting the testosterone. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, like just look at just these little habits that you've ingrained into your life. The little habit of just the nightly glass of wine or a couple of beers after work, seemingly innocuous, Mm -hmm. seemingly innocent. But is it? Is that one drink a night so innocent? Is it keeping your testosterone levels at a mediocre or low level? Is it just keeping that extra two or three pounds of belly fat around your waist? Is it just making you just a little bit irritable in the morning and that makes you more prone to fight with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or husband or wife or your kids? And is that just a little bit of irritability and that couple of little fights that you have and just a little bit of feeling of, of lethargy, is that costing you money because you're not making money as much money at work and you're not building your business and you're not being as effective as you can be? All it takes is one or two little drinks every night or a big blowout on the weekend, seemingly just a bit of innocent fun, and all of a sudden your whole health and your whole lifestyle suffers because of it. Yeah, and the only way to really find out is to just do a little bit of a self-experiment and do the 30-day no-alcohol challenge. Get onto the website, which is the same name, 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com, Check out what you've had to say. I really love what you're doing. I love what you're contributing, especially this topic, because I just feel like people are in this, um, you know, they're on this hamster wheel of drinking and they, some, a lot of people don't even want to be and they know it and it's tough. And I mean, look, I've broken addictions, broken addictions before. It's a tough thing. Even if it's not a super addiction and it's a habitual thing, it's, it can be tough. But, um, I think your site and what you have in support of this makes it a lot easier. So I encourage everyone to to try it. Even if you're doing one glass of wine a night, just take the experiment for 30 days. Thank you, Elle. I appreciate your kind words. And, and here's another thing. I'm sure nobody ever accuses you of being dull. Nobody accuses no, me of being dull. No, that's one thing I do dull. not get accused of. <laughs> <laughs> because people think that when you quit alcohol, that all of a sudden you shrink back into this like, oh, I'm in a prison. I can't go out. I can't be social. And I've just got to stay indoors behind closed doors and watch TV. I'm no good to society if I can't drink. I'm going to have to just shrink into the background here and be really dull and boring and uninteresting. Absolute nonsense. You are more interesting. You are more confident. You are more fun. You are more clear-headed. You are more energetic and you are more confident in every area of your life when you give up that alcohol or you reduce the alcohol. Yeah, and you know, you may get a couple challenges at first, right? Because there is that comment from friends like, oh, you're so much fun when you drink. I've heard that, right? You know? about people. And, you know, the first couple of weeks may be tough um, if you're, you're counteracting some of those challenges. But I guarantee that once you get over that hump, you're going to find yourself in a new personality. You know, like maybe the first three days, you're not going to feel like you're more fun. But, you know, you go through this 30 days and I guarantee by the end of it, you probably will be someone you and I would probably rather talk to at a party. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a gift. Like give it yourself is. the gift of 30 days without alcohol, okay? And don't look at day 31 as the celebration of being, you know, in a prison for 30 days. That's not it. This is not a prison. I know that the the word challenge kind of inspires you that it's got to be so hard, but it doesn't have to be. Just look at it as like the 30-day no alcohol gift, the 30-day no alcohol healthy gift to yourself. And then on day 31, Just be responsible with your drinking thereafter if you still want to enjoy the occasional drink. 
Great. Thanks so much for joining us. I look forward to checking out your podcast and all the other things you have going on. Once again, James Swanick, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Elle. I appreciate it. Got a passion for Primal? Join Mark Sisson on a mission to save the world. Become a Primal Blueprint certified expert today. With our dollar down payment program, it's easier than ever. Just pay $1 to start and $89 a month for the next 12 months. The Primal Blueprint Expert Certification is the most comprehensive online Primal Paleo certification program of its kind. Explore the fascinating world of ancestral health from the comfort of your own home with this premier multimedia experience. Perfect for health and fitness professionals, as well as individuals looking to uplevel their primal practice. Visit primalblueprint.com slash get certified to put a dollar down today.